0: Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to spend time in. So I personally have the Lisa hybrid mattress and I can't rave about it enough. It is so, so comfortable. I sleep in it with my fiance and we both have different preferences for how soft or hard we like our mattress to be and honestly this is a great medium um we both wake up fully rested and i absolutely love it so don't miss out live healthier live happier by resting deeper order today and get 15 percent off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash whh and use promo code
1: whh I'm Elaine Cooperman. I'm Samantha Fishbein. And I'm Jordana Abraham, and we're the founders of Betches Media.
0: Welcome to When's Happy Hour, the podcast, where each week we interview entrepreneurs from across multiple industries to learn their stories and showcase the experience they've gained from
2: running their own businesses. As always, we ask the questions and talk about the things that everyone wants to know but are too afraid to ask or say out loud.
1: For more on everything you might want to know about your career, pick up the paperback version of our book, When's Happy Hour, Work Hard So You Can Hardly Work, available on May 14th.
0: Hey guys, welcome to today's episode. Basically, we're sharing with you the live audio of our incredible panel, if we do say so ourselves, uh, that we did at Made by We. Um, it's basically, we tell our story, we answer questions from the audience, and it was, un- it was a really fun time. Do you guys agree? Yeah,
2: it was yes. great to meet everyone. It was so re- you agree, you think you were really funny.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I was funny, I was just more so just had a good time.
2: I just said funny because it rhymes with I know. pretty. I couldn't come up with another adjective. Well, we hope you guys enjoy it. Yeah, enjoy the episode.
3: Hi, everybody. Uh, welcome to Made by We. For those of you who have never been to our space before, this is WeWork's first on-demand space, so that means you don't need a WeWork membership to come by. You can uh, come and reserve your seat online or, or just when you show up for a minute, an hour, or for the entire day. Uh, we also have a partnership with Bluestone Lane, so you can order coffee or food right to your seat. And we have a retail space right in the front, so all of those products up there are made by WeWork members, and you can get a 10% discount um, off of any of those products that are on the wall tonight. We also, of course, have on sale um, the book by the Vatches, which we're very excited because today um, was the, the release of their paperback. Um, so cl- cheers to that. Um, So please, again, put your hands together for Marissa, Samantha, Aileen, and Jordana.
4: Hi, everyone. Thanks for joining tonight. My name is Marissa. I run the lifestyle blog Fashion Ambitionist, and I am the director of brand partnerships at Goop, and I will be moderating tonight's panel with these three lovely ladies and co-founders of Betches. So do you guys want to go ahead and introduce yourself, starting with Sammy? Sure. Yes,
2: I'm Sammy Fishbein, co-founder of Betches and COO. I'm Eileen Kuberman, co-founder of Betches, CEO.
1: I'm Jordana Abraham, co-founder of Betches and CCO, and we are all three of us the authors of When's Happy Hour. Yes. Work cards hard, so you, so you can hardly work.
0: work.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: out in paper rack today, if you haven't noticed. It's cheaper and better. So I'm sure everyone here is wondering how the three of you know each other, how Betches came about, and what was really that creative spark that started everything? Okay. okay. Um, We've known each other since we
0: were... 10 years old. Wow. Um, Yeah Jordana and I met at our fifth grade elementary school graduation and Sammy and I lived around the corner from each other so we took the bus together in middle school. So we've known each other for a very long time but fast forward to college we went to Cornell together and we lived together our senior year in an apartment that we went to go visit recently and it was a wild experience. (laughs) Um, But in that apartment we started Um, A blog called Betches Love This Site at the time, and it was anonymous, and we didn't think it would be anything. We really wanted legit jobs, and that's why it was anonymous. And that's, and
4: here we are. I love that. Maybe, Sammy, that's why I didn't know that you were the face behind Betches until a few years ago.
2: We tried to keep it a secret, but we just couldn't couldn't help it. Couldn't we stay out of the spotlight. Out.
4: Well, I'm sure everyone here is also wondering how Betches evolved from a blog slash Instagram account to a full multi-platform media company. So I would love for you guys to just walk everyone in this room through all of the platforms of Betches. Of course, I know Betches proper. I know that you guys have tons of books, podcasts, but fill us all in on everything Betches and how you guys have evolved.
1: Uh, So we started Betches, as you know, as a website um, in college, and for a while that was basically what it was, and we used Twitter and Facebook to sort of just promote the articles that we were writing. Um, And then we were really early to get into Instagram, so we got on Instagram pretty early, and we grew a really sizable following, which is which came to be how our audience expanded a lot. Um, and we, from Instagram, we got into podcasts. We've written three books. As, this is our third book. We wrote our first book in 2011, 2012. Wow. Um, big deal. We also have an e-commerce site, Shop Batches. Am I missing anything? Batches. Yes.
4: <laughs> um, yeah. So oh, we have. and a
1: suite of nine podcasts.
4: Yeah. So we have a lot
1: of content. <laughs> That's
4: amazing. I don't know how you guys do it all. You have 20 employees now? Yes, we have and 20 employees. We have um, a bunch of
0: freelancers, but our team works super hard. So when you say, how do we do it? It's really, how do we all do it? Um, we have a really lean team, but and we acknowledge how hard they work. You guys are amazing. <laughs> and, um, but we really could not do it without them. So.
2: And many of them are here tonight, so if you happen to meet them, you can yeah. let them know how much you <laughs> appreciate their work.
1: They yeah. yeah. They're planted in the audience. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. Secretly, this whole audience is just our office. No,
2: this is more than 20 <laughs> I'm people. I'm kidding, I'm kidding.
4: I'm sure there were a ton of sacrifices financially and struggles as you guys launched Betches. Can you talk some talk about some of your early struggles and sacrifices that you had to make when launching batches?
2: Yeah. So one of the things that we, we, were very, we were very successful very early in the sense that the blog that we wrote went pretty viral without much effort on our on our accounts Facebook pretty much did the work for us at that time but after we graduated and even though we had had a pretty successful blog monetizing that was a whole other story and none of us went to business school or studied business so we were the first thing we did out of college was we wrote a book proposal to get our first book deal but that wasn't you know it wasn't the most uh, lucrative project to start off with and it which was book was us. that nice is just a place in France how yeah went it basically everything. Yeah, <laughs> and we so we were working on that, but it definitely wasn't enough to fund three people's lives, especially not you know apartments in Manhattan and all the things that come with it. So we lived at home for a, at least a year, for some yeah. uh, two years, um, and we're really having to sacrifice having kind of that like glamorous post grad life that you dream of. But we were writing every day and really working very hard. And over time, we figured out how to monetize, um, mostly thanks, uh, a lot in part thanks to Instagram and just an advertising model in general. And it was a really slow build, but we eventually became profitable. And yeah, here we are.
4: Mazel. Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys ever feel like you're looked down upon in the industry because you're three young women and especially because your content is so freaking funny. Um,
0: Yeah. Also because our name is like basically
4: bitches with an E (laughs) Um, definitely,
0: especially in the beginning, like there were a lot of people who said your brand is not safe and you know, no one is going to listen to you. And we're like, just wait, just wait for people to, like, crave this type of content um, because everything out there is going to feel exactly the same and we're going to stand out. So that's what we, like, sort of placed a bet on. We understood early on that um, we understood the voice that convinces, like, that people understand, which is the voice that we all speak to each other, the way that we speak to you guys every single day through all that content. So that was really what we we believed in ourselves but there were lots of people like specifically like older guys who thought like oh we can you know help these women uh, or these young girls um, and make them pay for xyz and do whatever and we were like sometimes we believe them we paid for whatever that they were offering like coaching services or whatever it was um, and then we realized Every single step of the way we were like, actually we don't need their help, we can figure this out on our own. So that, was a, that took us a long time to figure out, but it was a, an amazing
4: revelation. That's a perfect segue into my next question. <laughs> what was one of the biggest mistakes that you guys made when launching Betches and how did you bounce back?
1: Sure, um, so the, for our e-commerce site, originally we had started a different one before the one that we started now. Um, and it, it didn't really work out because we didn't take, have full control over what was being put out there. And we didn't, when we saw what was being put out there, it was not something that we were like proud to attach our names to. And therefore it didn't really do very well. Um, so we wound up closing that down and then reopening shop, what is now shop edges in what year, what year was it?
0: 2015.
1: 2014 2014 <laughs> yeah um, and <laughs> the years and blur. blur right where <laughs> we had total control and we were controlling all aspects of the process and it became a much more successful endeavor and we were so pr- we were so proud of it
0: yeah and also just to add on to that the reason why we thought that that was like, that, that's a perfect segue because at that time we thought these, these people knew better than we did when it comes to e-commerce. So we let them take the reins. But in reality, we knew our audience. So that's why it wasn't successful. So that's why the second time around when we did relaunch it, we had full control. And we're gonna, we said, we're going to do it our way. And
4: it's a, it's a revenue stream for us now. So
0: it's exciting.
4: That's awesome. And starting a business with your friends... I'm sure can always be easy. How have you guys, it's clear that you all love each other and you've known each other since you were little. How have you maintained that friendship along the way and put up business boundaries as well?
2: Yeah, so I mean, there's as much as it is hard to work with your friends because there's, there's fewer natural professional boundaries. There's also a lot of advantages in it, in that you really, we really know each other. We really know what we're actually like, rather than when you go to an interview and you're like, my biggest strengths are like this. Like I actually, like no, like I actually know what their biggest strengths <laughs> are. Too much, and and we can be a little bit more honest with each other because like there's really no fooling us. But at the same time, that can also be hard because you, because of the lack of professional boundaries you, you might have a conversation not in the way that you might have it if you didn't know your co like if you didn't know your co-worker very well um but over time i mean i think that we've all gotten more mature more and we've grown into ourselves as individuals to be totally honest with you and i think we have been able to be a little bit more rational less emotional about certain things And I think we also, at some point, we used to just talk about work all the time, like there was no, there was just like a flow all the time, whether we were working officially or we were not working officially. But we really do when we are hanging out in like a, a just a personal setting or with our other friends, we try to put up a boundary, like we're not going to really talk about work in this situation.
4: That's great advice a bit more advice that I'm sure everyone here may be interested in learning is Betches at first, you guys were just students at Cornell. It was your passion. It was your side hustle from your grades and your studies. How do you recommend people in this room go about igniting that fire and that passion and turning it into their full-time job and career?
0: Tell me. I, yeah I feel like you shouldn't quit your full-time job until you know that you have you have something that is definitely worth quitting for um, and that in itself is a hard distinction <laughs> to make I think when you literally have no time left and your and your side hustle is taking up literally all of your time and you think that this could be potentially lucrative I think that's when you do sort of switch it um, but it's also important to say that just because it's your passion doesn't mean that it's necessarily like your career destiny. Um, a lot of us are passionate about things we might not be that good at. And I think the important thing to realize is is that, is like, is this where my skills align? Is um, like, I use this, example sometimes not that it really applies to me but like for example knitting like if you're just really like you love knitting but like you're just not that good at it <laughs> I don't know why I use this example I just can't you're good at it. it but
2: you don't have but
0: like, maybe you could start like a really profitable knitting business on Etsy but if you weren't good at it it wouldn't be that great you know so keep it a hobby and also it's important to know that once it becomes your business you don't like really love it as much. It's a different type of love because you really have to work at it every single day and there are so many ups and downs that come with that. So I think that's also just like important to know all of the things before you decide to jump into something that takes you away from your full-time job.
2: Also, you should probably have like three months worth of full expenses in the bank before quitting yeah. to pursue something else. Maybe right. more. Right.
1: I mean, yeah, to, to add more. on to that, when yeah. we started, like we said before, like when we started Betches, we were right out of college. We had really like nothing to lose. Um, and I think the oh, if we had started it when we were older, who knows if we would have even done it? Just because there were so many more barriers, um, you know, we didn't have we could we could had the be, the opportunity to live with our parents, live at home. Some people don't don't have that; they have to support themselves right away. So for us, we were fortunate in that sense, in that we did have people to support us, and um, there was there was less risk than if we had been let's say had families of our own to to support and take care of. Yeah. This episode
2: has been sponsored by Third Love, our favorite bra company that we talk about all the time. And I'm, again, wearing their bra. I <laughs> Is it because I wear the same bra every day or is it because I just love them a lot? I think
0: you just love them a lot.
2: Yeah, you're right.
0: Third Love has more than 70 different sizes, including their signature half cup sizes, which is really amazing because it makes sense. We all don't have the same. We don't all fall into like four different sizes. Literally, my left is different than my right Right? Yeah. My left is maybe your right. (laughs) That... I think not just staring at my boobs now. But the point is, is that Third Love embraces that and they really understand women. And so they have this amazing Fit Finder quiz. So that helps you find the exact, not only size, but shape of bra that's tailored to you.
2: Shape is more important than size even.
0: Apparently, yeah. So you do this quiz. Over like 12 million different women have taken this quiz to date. And it's really fun. Who doesn't love a quiz? And at the end, you kind of like learn something about yourself that you might not have known. Like your bra shape. The best thing actually, which I have definitely done is they have a 100% fit guarantee. So every customer has 60 days to try the bra. And if you don't like it, if it doesn't fit, if it doesn't fit your lifestyle, you can return it. And they're dedicated to helping you find what actually does fit. And what they do with that other bra that didn't fit you is that they wash and they donate it to a woman in need, which again, like, is really my favorite. I and mean, we've done, we've met, talked about Third Love so many times. is always my favorite thing to say about them.
2: Yeah, we love when companies donate something when you it buy. It just makes as sense. a result of you buying. It, it does make sense. sense. Right, we should all be giving back. Okay, so Third Love knows there's the perfect bra for everyone. So right now they're offering our listeners fifteen percent off your first order. Go to thirdlove. dot com slash w h h now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first purchase. That's thirdlove.com/whh to get 15% off today.
4: So, for a lot of us in the room including myself, work-life balance is everything. I work at Goop where we have a full 2 weeks off in August where the company actually shuts down. There is nothing that takes place that week. Everything is pre-scheduled. And I have a CRO that tells us not to send one email on the weekend, which is pretty awesome. Um, So for me, when looking for a job, I try finding a job that has a work-life balance that I respect, that's about mindfulness, and that really encourages their employees to take care of themselves first. So for Betches as a company, what are you guys doing to encourage your employees to have a great work-life balance? And what are you guys personally doing as well? So I guess we, let's start off with the company first.
2: <laughs> so as a company, we have Summer Fridays where summer work from home. Quickly Fridays, approaching right home Fridays. Did you guys just find out about that? <laughs> yeah. Um, so we have Summer Fridays. We also let our employees work from home when they want, they can, and and want to, like when there isn't, when there's, let's say there's not something they have to do where they have to be physically present or, you know, if like they're working an event late or they have a lot going on and it might be more productive to stay at home and work. We totally are for remote working. Um, and I mean, I think we try to be like pretty open with people, like if they're struggling with something or feel really overwhelmed that, you know, it's okay to, to take a break, to take it easy, to kind of like catch up for yourself. Um, and then for ourselves... It really, I mean, it really depends. I feel like I try to sometimes unplug for a few hours on the weekend. Um, (laughs) I don't know. But, like, I'm always on, like, Instagram or Twitter, so I don't know. Maybe Um, I should work on that. Yeah,
0: I don't, I mean... I just I don't really see it as like just like a like your life is constantly in a balance like my life is never in a balance so it's it's I think you if you have to look at it as a whole like over the course of a long period of time do you feel like there was a balance there Um, I think it's okay when you have work 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 and it's like a high season or something like and work is demanding from you. But you just have to remember to spend time with, like, your loved ones or whatever, not really, like, let that um, take away. But I think, like, striving, like, trying to say that you need a completely 100% holistic balance all the time is completely unrealistic, especially when you're in your 20s or your early 30s and you're really trying to hustle and, like, work for your career. Um, And... Yeah, I feel like the, when we accept the fact that it's not in a balance, that's when we get to like make time for ourselves because a lot of the time I feel myself like stressing about the fact that like I'm working, like I have too much going on. Um, but then really when I organize things, then it's like, oh, it's actually not that bad.
2: <laughs> we have a whole chapter on work-life balance yeah. in the book. Yeah, Yeah.
0: It's paperback now. That is available.
4: <laughs> Speaking of chapters, you also have a whole chapter, I believe, on managers, how to deal with difficult managers, Micromanagers, simply mean managers, and some and one of my personal favorites to laugh at is the lazy manager, where you're picking up all of their work and barely getting any credit. So, any advice that you could give this crowd, but beyond buying their book? Yes, there's also <laughs> a
2: chapter on this in the book, but I'll give you a summary. Beyond. Um, so, I mean, I think the biggest thing and having not really personally been managed by many people outside of internships, something that I realized is that your manager is just a, a person. Like, they're just a human being. They have the same flaws and lackings and emotional t- hang-ups that we all feel about one thing or another. And realizing that this person is literally just a person and what they're doing is not... It's not personal. It's, it's just their own... Shit, pardon my words that they ta- that they kind of are taking out on you, and that learning how to learning how to deal with different personalities is sort of just a fact of of life. Whether it's in your personal life, whether it's in your romantic life, whether it's at work. And this is just sort of kind of, it comes with the territory. Like, we don't all have the choice of what kind of person we're going to be working for. Because most of the time, that's not really what's driving whether you choose a particular career path or a particular job. So, I mean, I think, and this is very hard advice to take, and it's very hard to actually do. But the biggest thing is really just, like putting your head down and saying, like, it's not about them. I'm going to just do the best I can do. And, I mean, obviously there are managers that, like, cross the line, whether it's, like, an HR problem or there's something just totally inappropriate. And in that situation, you should obviously speak to HR and take the proper, you know, processes that that you need to. But when, it, when it's just kind of a personality mismatch and you don't like working with them – It really is just a matter of letting your work shine, showing the results, and sort of learning how to navigate around this personality, and remembering that at the end of the day, this is not the rest of your life, and that you're going to get something out of this, and it's gonna make you stronger, and better able to deal with things in future issues that you're gonna have.
4: Very well said.
2: You can read more in the book. (laughs)
4: So being in the fashion industry, the media industry, a lot of people that I know come to me for career advice since I have my blog. And a lot of the time, I find that they're severely underpaid compared to market value. What do you think a person should do when they realize that they're drastically underpaid and undervalued? And what's the best way to approach their manager or, let's say, the CEO of the company asking for that big, big promotion?
1: Right. Um, I think we, I mean, people obviously, we have a a staff of 20 people, as we said, so people are um, asking us for raises frequently or asking, or we're negotiating salaries often. And what we found is like that if someone comes to us and they have a really good case for why they should be making more money that is not nothing to do with their personal lives, it's not because I want to move into this apartment or I want to get this thing or I feel like um, just things that don't have anything to do with their work. Those are the weakest arguments for us and things that are like, if you that that show research into the industry and show this is what someone who's at my level should, is making at other jobs, and this is why my this is how much my work has impre- uh, sorry has increased like the revenue of the company or sort of just like hard facts that you can point to that show how valuable you are to the company for us that's always like the best case um, and that makes us want to compensate the person because they've made a really good case for themselves.
4: You also talk a lot in the book about just your overall etiquette in the office. And something that I personally struggle with is my laptop. If my laptop's in front of me and a client emails me, I'm going to want to respond, it's, that's my job. So where, what, how, what's Betch's um, point of view on laptops and meetings? I know that you mentioned phone downs, I believe, phone down in your book, but what's your thoughts on all of that? and this new always-on I mean, culture. Yeah, sometimes...
0: I mean, I think it's just, like, you really have to read the room. If, if like, it's a meeting that requires, like, f- full attention, if you're really there to be there... Sometimes you have to you go to meetings just kind of sit in the back to show your face. Um, but if you're there to make a difference if somebody asked you there somebody invited you um, I think that it's important to close your computers because it's kind of you know that you're constantly being pinged all the time there's a slack message an email a text like everybody has their iMessage connected so um, I think that it's important to um, just shut it for that whatever 30 minutes to an hour Um, I think that also shows respect to the supervisor that's in the room Um, and also like if you're paying attention like you won't have to ask someone later what that meeting was about. (laughs) And you won't have to go read the notes and then nobody reads the notes. So like, (laughs) you know what I mean? So it's, I think that that, I think it also shows a form of like, I care and I really wanna be here.
4: Now that Betches has clearly evolved into a multi-platform, omnichannel, channel usually successful media company, publishing house, you guys do it all. One of the biggest questions that I'm wondering is what if Instagram shut down tomorrow? There's all this talk around them shutting off the likes. What's your point shut of view, guys? I, like
2: I hope <laughs> they shut they off do? the likes, honestly. I think content would, I think content, good content would,
4: would flourish.
2: flourish. Yeah, I really do. Because I think that a lot of times people are held back because they're afraid of like, what if I don't get the validation I need from this? Then I don't get to, then it's like you're sort of always balancing like self-expression with, val- with the validation you're going to get in return. And I think that when you let people just express rather than having to like self-monitor because they, they're afraid that like they'll have to then be like hurt by the response to it, I actually think that content will get better. If Instagram were to shut down... <laughs> I don't know. I have nightmares about it every night. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we, we were around before Instagram and I think that even though Instagram gave us like this great distribution channel, our audience is obviously very much into Instagram. Um, we have other things and I think that, it, I don't think that Instagram is like the end all be all for us because I think that our voice exists and, and has outlets for itself in places other than Instagram. And if it's on Instagram, it would be something else. And whether it's podcasts or more books or live shows or that sort of thing, I do think that that people would feel a loss about where to where to get our voice and that they would follow us hopefully please yeah. tell me that you would
0: <laughs> yeah i mean that's why we really concentrate on our brand and we we've always been brand first i mean goop also we work it's they 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 really focus despite how large it is they really focus on the brand and and with everything we do we try to show purpose um, through it so that you feel connected to the brand so that if instagram were to disappear and we popped up with like a broadway show you'd come mm-hmm. so that really is the key so to make sure that we don't rely On one specific channel that we don't own, it's—it's been—it's always been in the back of our minds, and it's scary.
2: But you know, we'll all survive. (laughs) Because if we lose it, everyone else loses it too. So it's—it's apocalypse now. (laughs) It could be good, honestly. We'll see.
4: Betches on Broadway. Stay (laughs) tuned, guys. (laughs) Kay is performing.
2: I'm here for my audition.
4: Let's talk about what you guys are doing right now. Podcasts. Podcasts are huge. I know that you guys have your podcast. I'm not sure if everyone in the room knows that. Can you talk a little bit about your different podcasts when you told me the amount of content that you're publishing? I am amazed, and I'm sure everybody here would love to hear as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So
1: you want to go? Um, you go. Sure. So um, we basically we got into podcasts about, like, Two or three years three two or three years ago, um, when we started Batch Left, which was just the three of us, um, really talking about everything from pop culture to answering questions about friendship or life, or just like now we get a lot of a lot of questions about weddings and things like that. Um, since then we we feel like podcasts are a really good outlet for our company because we're we're always been known for telling things like they are and saying the truth. And that gives us a really good outlet where we can talk about things in depth as opposed to like Instagram or an Instagram caption where you don't always get the full story. Um, so since then, we've started, um, I think, eight additional podcast. Sorry, podcasts. Um, everything from You Up, which is about dating and relationships and sex, to Diet Starts Tomorrow, which is about wellness culture or the anti-wellness culture, as they yes. call it. That's hosted by Aileen and Sammy. Um, we have not another true crime podcast. We have The Bachelor, which is um, something. Uh, you don't have to explain that one. Yeah, <laughs> 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 you know what it is. When's Happy Hour, what, where you can hear us interview some amazing people and amazing businesswomen about and some men um, about their experiences. We're, we've we've had an amazing uh, roster of, yeah. of guests this year. Um, everyone's am I missing? G- everyone's oh, everyone's gay, gay.
0: And not an, another true crime podcast which people are really the sup. loving. The oh, And sup. the
1: SUP, of course.
0: So I don't even know if that's not, I can't count. So we have a bunch of podcasts, but we, we hope, hope you all listen. You're producing 10 a day? We No, we try to make um, at least one for every day of the week. So wow. whatever you guys are feeling or um, are interested in listening to, you have a way to um, connect to the brand and just kind of have us in your ears right. when you're going to work or something.
1: And we've done some live, we've already experimented with some live touring, and we are continuing to do that through the rest of 2019 and into 2020, 2020.
4: Smart. And each of these podcasts, you were mentioning each have their own dedicated Instagram account? Yes.
2: Yes. Slap doesn't. but But that's just batches. Yeah. Or us.
4: And do you have people dedicated to each platform or does everybody walk work across all of them how does that work
2: so that's something that's actually in flux a lot because we're constantly hiring new people moving people around but at this point we're trying to have at least one person officially dedicated to either at least one potentially two or in some cases three Instagram accounts, but it's really a lot of work and all of them are so distinct. I mean, they're all obviously Betches and they all have like the Betches feel and vibe, but they all are such specific areas. And we hope to, we, we really found that we've built, we brought in such a more loyal audience from this because people are able to touch the brand in a place where they're personally interested. So if they are personally passionate about wellness, they can follow Diet Starts Tomorrow within Betches and have just something to be more attached to.
4: Yeah, I'm obsessed with one's happy hour. It's so good. (laughs) The career boss. (laughs) So on that note, where do you guys see the company in three years, five years, even 10 years? Like, what's next? We don't need to think about 10. We'll stick with five for now.
2: (laughs) I mean, I think that no matter what we're doing, no matter what type of content we're tackling, the world is going to change so much. Whether it's a different platform, whether we move to a different type of product, whether we're providing for our audience in some sort of way that is not available yet or not even like within the realm of, of what exists now in, in 2019. Um, but we really always are. De- we're really what we're really dedicated to is the mission of giving young women like ourselves a place to really show that they're understood, somewhere they can relate to, to understand that we get you, and to give you somewhere to relate to yourselves, to your friends, to your romantic partners, and to the world in a way that is really authentic to what we all want. So, however that manifests itself. Yeah,
0: well we just launched Chip, a dating app, um, and we're really excited about that. We just learned that it's officially the fastest-growing dating app since Tinder which is amazing. And um, we've already had a few success stories from it. So that's been amazing to kind of translate our brand into um, an app. And um, we have a TV show in development, and we're hoping to expand more in all the different types of mediums there are out there for our type of
4: content. Tell us a little bit more about the dating app. What sets it apart from the other dating apps out there?
1: So, um, Ship is is a dating app where your friends can find matches for you, so it kind of bridges the gap between people who are in relationships and single people, and I think the older we get, sometimes those people seem to be living distinct lives, and this really is a way to bring them together. Um, we also created the app so it could mimic the real-life interactions that we were having and really just make dating a lot more social, so that if you're going going on an app, you don't have to feel like everything is such high, high stakes, like, I need to find my husband or wife tonight, or... With SHIP, it's like, we're having fun, we're talking about these, these people that we're seeing on the app, and we're kind of like helping each other, that whole like it takes a village mentality. Um, and it really is kind of just, we wanted it to be a more social, fun experience, experience, and not super high stakes and isolating. I love that.
4: Yeah. So what is the hardest, what do you guys think is the hardest part going from managing yourselves to managing a company of 20 plus people?
2: we never went to business school so and we've never had management training and <laughs> it's 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 honestly challenging like it, into you it. know you you start with you know you have one employee and then all of a sudden it's 5 then 20 and at each point it doesn't just become like one additional person it becomes an additional person and their whole world and everything they're doing that then it's amazing because there's more output there's more contributions to the company there's an additional team member but it really is it's not just like A little extra baby step, it becomes like exponentially bigger. So managing that is is very challenging, to be honest with you. And don't don't let anyone tell you it's not.
0: (laughs) But we try to um, be as self-aware as we can and understand that like our lives aren't. Sorry, guys, getting over the cold. (laughs) that like our employees our employees are so so important to the company and they're the reason why it grows and it continues to why we add another podcast or why we add another Instagram account is because somebody that works for us feels passionate about a certain topic and we're like yes that's so in brand let's do it and we believe in you to do so so while we and also realizing our own shortcomings when it comes to managing so we 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 acknowledge that and we try to always constantly improve our own ways and our own skills and we try to encourage that within our employees as
1: well. So guys, today we're sponsored by Lisa and the three of us all have Lisa mattresses. Yes we do. And they're amazing. And you know what I mean? Like if you don't have a good night's sleep, I can always tell when Aileen or Sammy has kind of cranky. How did I do last night? If they're a little irritable You did okay. I'm not feeling like you got a great night's sleep. (laughs) Five and a half hours. (laughs) Right? Um, And you can always tell um when people aren't sleeping well because they're just like not their best selves so it's really important to have a really comfortable really good mattress and that's why i love the sapira hybrid mattress that i have because it basically ensures that i have a great night's sleep and that i'm actually all there and ready to do work the next day well
2: you know that's where i went wrong last night because i fell asleep during game of thrones so i fell asleep on the couch woke up in the middle of the night so i only got half of the night on my sapira
1: hybrid mattress It's also great because they have a great social impact initiative, which basically they donate one mattress for every 10 that they sell through organizations that work in causes like foster care prevention. Um, And they've donated over 32,000 mattresses to more than a thousand nonprofits, which is pretty amazing. So like you should feel good that you're not only buying a great mattress, but you're also helping people who need mattresses and who don't have access to mattresses. Think
2: about how much more money they could have made and how selfless they are. I know that they amazing. gave away 32,000 mattresses yeah. that they could have made so much money off that, but they instead chose to do something good for the world.
0: So Lisa knows how important rest is to a better life. Lisa is the foundation of a healthier, happier you. All Lisa products have been thoughtfully designed to go beyond creating a comfortable bed and to transform your bedroom into a sanctuary you want to spend time in. So don't miss out. Live healthier, live happier by resting deeper. Order today and get 15% off your purchase for a limited time at lisa.com slash whh and use promo code whh. That's lisa, l-e-e-s-a.com slash whh, promo code whh. And keep in mind that you also get a 100-night risk-free trial plus free
4: shipping and returns. If you guys each had to give one piece of advice for everyone to take away, what would be like your mantra, your quote, or something that you really live by?
0: Oh, that's a tough one. I could start, start with or sign. <laughs> oh, yeah.
1: <laughs>
2: Go to therapy. <laughs> yeah, love it.
1: Yeah, no. it might help. Funny. Yeah, no. I think. Yeah, I think that. But that's yours too. Well, what that really means is just like know yourself and know yeah. what you're good at, and the way to, uh, therapy is a great path to, to getting there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So lame. Work hard.
1: <laughs> but really,
0: like so. So you can hardly work. I know that's true, but like, especially with our generation, millennials, we get a lot of flack, is that the word, slack, flack, I don't know words. Um, I wrote a book though, you should buy it. Um, Um, for not working hard but I think that's that's bullshit and I think that we do work really hard and it's so so what? We care about the culture of a company that we go to so what? We give a shit about the perks whatever you know we do work hard and I think that um, as long as you just stay true to that and everyone has their own career goals and really understanding what you like and where you want to be in however many years 10 years is too far Um, (laughs) but really trying to stay true to that, I think it's okay. It it that that's what you should be listening to rather than what somebody's telling you what you should be doing.
2: Oh. what was yours?
0: Yeah
4: what's yours. So cheesy. Hustle and heart set you <laughs> apart. Do you, Do you have you that a on your it's, wall? It's in my den. Oh okay. Yeah under my TV Guys, so I see it every day. Live, laugh, yeah. love.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, but what does that what does that mean, hustle and and, and you need a yeah.
4: Like, just hustle, work harder, be the hardest working person in the room, but also be the most passionate about what you do and most passionate about your job. For me, I never would ever take a job working somewhere that I didn't feel passionate about. I, for those of you that don't know, I work in advertising brand partnerships. I started my career at L. From L, I went to InStyle. From InStyle, I went to Who Vote Where? Then to Goop. So fashion, like lifestyle, wellness, it's something that I'm really passionate about and that just it makes my job easy. It makes going on meetings easy. It makes talking to my clients easy. Yeah. So when you put the two together, I just feel like you're destined to succeed. Like mm-hmm. I would never go work at, at, no offense to anyone that is there, but a Golf Magazine, I'm just not passionate about it. I'm sure I those. can sell <laughs> a program <laughs> to someone yeah. at <laughs> a Golf Magazine if they're still living around, but that's not something that I'd want to do. Oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we were listening
0: to that podcast um, with oh. Kara Swisher. Oh, there's about, such a
4: good thing from about, there
2: about work-life balance. Okay, yeah. this this podcast Recode Decode, hosted by Kara Swisher. She interviewed her other podcast partner Scott Galloway. Yeah. And which part were you going to call and it? And the was part, part was is
0: that like what I was saying before is like just because it's your hobby or passion doesn't mean necessarily that that's what you should be following. Even though, but once you realize where your skills are, you become passionate about what you're good at because you are good at it. So like those once you work harder and harder at honing in those skills, you start to become really passionate about it because they start to come together. So in the it, you, you it's it's a long we have a long lives you know police <laughs> and you it, throughout that we we learn what we love and we learn what we're good at and we start to tune out all the bullshit and i think i think that's that that's the
4: message <laughs> love it
2: something else he said in that podcast that particular episode was that he also says that work-life balance is also a myth and that if you really want to be extremely financially successful and you're starting from nowhere let's assume um that you that To think that your 20s and 30s are going to be some sort of like two weeks vacation, two weeks work, two weeks vacation, two weeks work, that's like not going to happen. And that you really, to be extremely financially successful, you actually have to really spend those first 10 to 20 years of your career, like really, really pushing it and pushing yourself very, very hard. And part of that means like finding balance in the off time that you really have like a full life when you aren't at work so that you can full of you know real relationships that are fulfilling that give you energy that don't suck the energy out of you that you have friends that are supportive and make you, help you understand yourself better help you become more of who you are and who you would like to be and that that's the only real way to balance yourself is to make the most out of the time that you do have that you're not working
4: Amazing Should we open it up to questions? Yeah, let's do it Ask us questions. Don't be shy, guys. Yeah, don't be shy. Pretend it's an
2: Instagram thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I'm in an airport. Oh. I have nothing to do. <laughs>
3: yeah. Okay. Like, I'm, not, I'm not prepared. Hello. <laughs> um, what advice would you give young female, or just not even female, but like young entrepreneurs who are still in school? but like thinking about or starting a business, starting to write a book, starting their own ventures, like what do you have at, for advice like for the uh-huh. young crowd.
2: So if you if, if this is not something that you've started doing, I think that So something we actually interviewed the founder of SoulCycle and partner at WeWork, Julie Rice, yesterday on for an episode of One's Happy Hour podcast that's coming out, I think, next week. Mm -hmm. And something she said really stuck with me, which was that if you really feel like you are an entrepreneur or you are a writer or you are whatever it is that you might, maybe you want to make movies or whatever it is, that if you really feel, like, deep down, like, you can't help but create these things, like, that there's, even though it's hard, like, it just you feel like the world won't be okay without it, like that it's a calling for you. That's, I think, kind of the number one thing to ask yourself to set out on a path. If you, because if you feel like, oh, maybe I could like start a business and it's sort of just like this thing to save you from boredom, that's probably not going to be successful. But if you feel like, I am meant to start a business. Like, I am, the world needs my business. That's like, me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> then, like, if you really feel that way, like, that should be, like, your first question you ask yourself, and then that should propel you to, to say, I can do it.
3: Yeah. So, like, yeah. where do you start, though? Like, where <laughs> did you guys start? Right. Like,
2: how? <laughs> just do something. Okay. Like, just make something. Thanks.
1: <laughs> just do it. Just, just do it. Just do
0: it. We made that one up. <laughs>
3: Hi, ladies. I just want to say, first of all, I'm absolutely obsessed with everything
0: you guys produce. So I'm really happy to be here. Um, I'd love to hear some tips about networking. Obviously, it's awesome that you guys all grew up together. But for people who might not have that background with, you know, other awesome people who know what they want, um, just any kind of tips that you guys might give to really put yourself out there in
2: the business world.
1: Um, I'd say like networking is something that we've gotten much better at throughout the years. When we first started the company, we were very, very bad at networking, and we did not like doing it at all. I think um, we write about this in the book where we were actually at a we work, work, and they would have networking events, and we would kind of like sneak out, even though we would, like wanted to go, but we never did. And I think the older we've gotten, the better at it we've gotten in the sense that like we're actually interested in meeting people. And and I think an important thing to remember when networking is that you it doesn't have to be like super high stakes, like, like this person is going to help you become like the best person you can be or nothing. It can just kind of be like, meet this person, see what they have going on, you, see what, you tell them what you have going on. And people can, can help you in ways that you never even thought possible or conversations that you never thought would go anywhere or, or would be helpful can wind up just leading you down a path to someone that can help you in like, a way that you never, ever thought of.
0: Also, we didn't know anyone when we were, like, coming up. I guess we, st- we know more people now. <laughs> um, but we really didn't know, you know, like, we weren't well-connected. Our parents weren't well-connected. Um, and that's, like, a huge thing. A lot of people's parents know people. Um, and we just kind of stayed in our own bubble. And I think that would be, like, one of the things that I would change thinking, looking back and, like, being a little bit more comfortable not, like, stuck together and, like, going out there and talking to other people and just... Being a little bit more vulnerable and just like, yeah, watching a lot of Brene Brown. Um, (laughs) um, Being a little bit- Topic of DSP this (laughs) weekend. Yes. Um, So I think that, I think just from, again, like Jordana said, the stakes are low. Just say, hi, what do you do? This is who I am, blah, blah, blah. Like just go somewhere, you know? Do Bring your business card. (laughs) Yeah, bring your business card, we never do.
4: So my best piece of advice for networking is showing up like you did tonight. Find the companies that you're obsessed with and go to their events and then seek out to speak to the most influential person in the room. Ask around who's the marketing director, who's this person, and like just find your way. I've seen people in college that have gone, came to an event when I was at Who Wear. The next thing you know, she's the beauty intern for Who all Wear. The next thing you know, she's a full-time employee. And at all these companies, there's always somebody that is a stakeholder and a decision maker there. And if not, And if you make a good impression, they'll introduce you to the right person. Also, don't be afraid to reach out to people on Instagram. I made some real connections with girls in college on Instagram. There's this one girl I'm obsessed with, she told me she like, use her own money to come down from Pennsylvania to put herself in a hotel to hear me speak on a panel. I'm like, oh my God, you're a boss. Like, that's amazing. Just because she's obsessed with Goop, not even me. It's like, (laughs) it's amazing. So just use social media to your benefit, write killer follow-ups and attend events.
2: Um, One of our employees who's here tonight, Taylor, hand-delivered her resume to our office. in brand. Yeah, like education. Her section was like, how much? How was much like do I owe?
0: Like a hundred something thousand dollars later, yeah. and like that was her education. It was just very perfect. Yeah. And we're like, we have to call her. Who is this? We thought it was but like she a came PR from guess. Philadelphia. Yeah, like what? Right, yeah. So real. Yeah, <laughs> take a chance. I think.
2: And she already got promoted. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Go, <past> Taylor. <laughs> I have the mic. Hi. Um, Big fan of you guys, especially the podcasts. Um, And I've been, I think I'm the same age as you ladies in, like, college or whatever. And so I've been listening or reading your content since then. Um, And notice that your voice has changed and evolved, obviously, over the years. And I think nowadays there's a lot of pressure to have, like, a certain voice in content. And I'm curious how you all approach how to change your voice or how not to, like what would you never change and given that your audience might be growing up but you probably still have people who are readers or listeners who are younger, like how do you think about
2: that?
1: Sure. So a lot of our content has gotten a lot more mature, I think you can tell that from looking at our, thir- our first book versus looking at our third book um, and that's honestly because we've gotten more mature um, and we've always written about like things that we know and Obviously, like the times changed, we've gotten older. And, but one thing we always want to keep consistent, the thing that we always have been adamant about keeping consistent, no matter what else we're changing, is that we're always trying to say things that people are thinking, but not saying out loud, and we're always trying to expose like, the truths about things that we feel like are, right, that, that exist and, and speak to women the way that they're speaking to each other and just bring an authentic voice to like, the women of our generation. I guess I'm up.
4: Hello. Okay. (laughs) Sorry. Um, Okay. So I'm not gonna lie, even though I can't use a mic, I stalked you guys on LinkedIn, Um, and none of you guys have like prior like experience on your LinkedIn. I know Sammy, you mentioned that you had some internships, but you all went from college to starting your own business to being your own bosses and being other people's bosses how did that happen how did you, how did you learn to be a boss how how do you do that today
2: still learning honestly still on the like honestly it's really just a question of being on the job because even if you even if you go to business school pretty much what you're learning is all theoretical and i think that even though we don't have that kind of experience, I think that it really is a process of just every day there's a new experience, there's a new challenge to face, and then it's like, how do I deal with this? Okay, well, things that I've tried in the past have not worked that well, or they have worked, so if they have, we'll try that kind of approach again. Or, if, I mean, all the every, anything, everything that happens is really so individual that it's, I don't think we've ever had the same challenge, like quite the same more than once. So I it's really just kind of like learn. being very mindful and trying to learn on the job and be just very, I guess, present with what's happening and then trying to like tackle one thing at a time. But, but to say that we have all like the answers is no, just... No, we don't. Yeah, we don't. But
0: also not to be afraid to ask for help. So we like definitely have people to help us, like, like advise us on certain things. Um, and even if we don't have those people, we'll reach out to the people we know to ask do you know anybody who can help us with this type of problem or question or somebody who has a solution? Um, and again, very admittedly, in the beginning, we were very kind of like immature. We wanted to stay in our own bubble. Also, we thought we knew everything. <laughs> um, as you get older, or as we got older, we realized we really don't have the answers to everything and that it's so important to ask people who know more than you or hire people who know better than you. Um, and that, that, is, uh, that is the most, I think, most important thing is like ask.
3: Hi, I'm Melissa. Um, I just want to thank you, first off, for your great advice on asking for promotions and knowing what you deserve. I've done it in the past, didn't work out for me because the company just didn't work out at the time. Um, but thank you for giving me the guts to ask for it when I did. Um, but my question is more so. I think that you've touched upon it a little bit, you know, in past questions, but you know, when you started this being college students, when did you begin to make the differenti- the differentiation of, you know, this was a college hobby and turning into, wow, this is actually like our career. When did the, I guess the light bulb finally go off for you that, wow, this is actually, this could be a really big deal for us?
1: I don't think there was a, a light bulb moment. Um, it's It's really a journey with a lot of highs and lows and there wasn't i don't think one moment where we were like this is a success this is uh, this is like the thing that is going to be 100 percent we're sure successful um we got we we started it in college and we got i think and we got an email from a producer who wanted to do something with it like very early on that didn't actually wind up panning out and we were like oh someone who likes from the real world thinks that this is not the real, like, the, yeah, the real <laughs> the world, real world um, not thinks MTV. that, like, this could be, like, thinks this is legitimate or thinks that this has something, and that sort of gave us, like, the fuel to keep going, and then eventually we were introduced to a an agent who thought that we could, tur- we could turn what we made on the blog into a book and helped us write a proposal, and it came that way, and I think there were many years, though, that we weren't profitable, that we weren't really making any money, and there's always those moments when you're, like, living in your parents' house where you're, like, I don't know how long I want to do this. Like, I'm not sure how I'm not sh- is this ever going to be successful? And like, there were little. There are always like little benchmarks, but there's I don't I wouldn't say there's like a light bulb moment where you're like, this is it.
0: Yeah, I mean there what there was a point where we were like, okay, we have to go 100% all in, make this a business. Um, that's when we decided to go get a WeWork and like mm-hmm. <laughs> go to an office. Um, but I mean that did whatever whatever makes like changes your mind a little and make, like fuels you. I think everybody's um, individual but I do think that like it there's never really a moment where like wow I've we've made it or anything we always try to like grow and try to be a little bit more successful and we talk about that a lot on the podcast and in the book about like imposter syndrome and sometimes feeling like no like no one likes better. you know what I mean (laughs) um but it's just it it, it's like a slow it's like very slow and and it the company grows with you, and yeah, I
2: don't know. Yeah, I, I, this is something I think about a lot. I think that like, especially in this Instagram world, you look at everyone's highlight reel, obviously that's not that original of a thing to say. We all are aware of it. But I think that what it, the, in, the, the injustice that that really does to all of us is that we all think like, it's smooth sailing for everyone. And once they have that, or this person has this, accolade or whatever that oh they must just be like great every day like that's not at all it like I think that all of us struggle with our own things both personal as a group as a business and to think that we, we've, we've spoken to so many people who are entrepreneurs, who have started their own businesses, and they all say the same thing. They all say that they have these extreme highs and extreme lows, and that it really is just about sort of weathering the lows, and just like ex- realizing that it's it's work, it's not a vacation, and it's not going to be this great thing all the time, and that most of the time what you're doing is solving problems and facing realities that are unpleasant, Um and I think that that is just sort of something that we all have to kind of come to acceptance with and realize that even things that might look amazing or seem amazing, that there's so much more going on there and that it's, it's not like there's an endpoint really. So, yeah, that sucks, I
0: know.
2: Today's episode has been sponsored by OpenFit. OpenFit is bringing you something new that makes it even easier to never miss a sweat session. You don't have to commute to the gym and the workouts can be right in your home. We love working out at home. Love working out at home. It's so much faster, more efficient. You can jump right into your own comfortable, amazing shower. And they have the most amazing trainers and classes. Open fit classes are led by some of the most effective and engaging trainers in the world. You can sculpt your body with Andrea Rogers, founder of the worldwide sensation extend bar, or you can get in crazy good shape with Hunter McIntyre, who was named by sports illustrated as one of the top 50 fittest athletes. So I'm trying to be one of those, but like I'll probably never get there. Yeah. Um, I I mean, I I will get close with open fit.
0: I love open fit because, um, because you can look at it on your computer or your phone or wherever you are so I went, um, I was visiting a friend. Like I was visiting them elsewhere, not in a home. You're being very sketchy about I where you I, were. I went to LA and I visited my friend and she didn't have a gym in her apartment. And so what I did was I went on my computer. We wanted to work out. Both of us, we felt like we drank too much the night before. We wanted to work out. We didn't want to like go pay so much money for our class. So we like opened our computers, signed up for like one of these classes. And I literally sweat so much after that it felt great. So it was like... The experience is awesome. It's just like we didn't have to go through all this process to make ourselves eventually realize we don't want to work out. But really, you just you get you open it and you it's open fit. You open it and you work out.
2: You open it and then you get fit and then you get fit. So open fit has changed the way we work out. And with our code WHH, you can join us on our fitness journey personalized just for you. Again, use our code WHH and start using open fit for your journey to a healthier, more fit life. Right now, they're having a 30 day challenge and our listeners get a special extended 30 day free trial membership to open fit and all you have to do is text WHH2 303030 that's 303030 30, 30. you'll get full access to open fit all the workouts and nutrition information totally for free for 30 days again just text WHH2
1: 303030 this
2: is the last question hi huge DST fan among other podcasts um my one question for you is I know that you, have, you guys have had so many accomplishments over the years, but what is for each
3: of you your greatest accomplishment that you've had as a company?
2: Oh <sighs> For a while I would have said best selling books. That is just like very I don't know, I love that. I just I love that like highlight, but Honestly, at this point, I think that it's really like the holistic culmination of what we've done, which is have 20 employees who we are able to, to have on our team and just kind of like the like the honor of having the responsibility for it and to feel that we've been able to make it for, for over eight years at this point. And we've definitely like written out things that were really challenging, things that we thought were like catastrophic Um, and that just knowing that it's still like we're still going and that we can inspire people and we get so many DMs from all of you guys saying that something that we said on a podcast or that we wrote in a book helped them and that is just really just kind of the the culmination of everything rather than like one particular thing I would say is really special
0: you took mine yeah Yeah, I agree (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I, a lot, I'm going to be a hundred percent honest because that's what we do here. Um, we, it's really hard to feel, um, accomplishment unless you see it validated externally. So like through press, no, I'm serious. Like when we get a piece of press, that's why our PR team is so amazing. But if like just uh, if somebody writes an article about you, it's al- it allows us to step back and be like, oh, that's great. Like they appreciated our work, <laughs> even though we know we pitched it. Um, but I think that, <laughs> that like, I'm being 100% honest here. Um, that has felt really good. And Sammy took mine, so this is second. Um, all but I'm gonna just repeat what she said. All of your guys' DMs every single day to all of our accounts when you say, X, whatever you said, made me go and ask for my boss for a raise, or whatever you you said you wore a sports bra in a workout class, so I did that. That like changes my whole day. So that to me is the major accomplishment. Forbes thirty under
2: thirty was cool. <laughs> I literally forgot.
0: <laughs> but yeah
2: forget about four well you because it <laughs>
0: happened
1: yeah I this think is what I mean i echo those as well um, but I think it's really just the uh, like holistically again like it's the it's the ability to be able to come into a uh, to work and to talk about things that you care about that you're passionate about and to be like be able to be like really honest about them and to, to work somewhere where like that's your job is to have that outlet um, and that's just a really cool thing I think that um, a lot of people don't don't get to do can we
2: let this girl answer her question she was literally raising her hand the whole time I feel really bad are you?
1: <laughs> yeah so,
3: yeah
0: um, no I was just curious I am someone who like down there I was trying to figure out you know like with branding myself because I do at some point you know would love to start up my own business and try to figure out what that is but like I have pieces of whether it's like, a public Instagram page or like I built my website and stuff but I am finding myself struggling like like what tactics do you guys just like with branding yourself
2: so this isn't for the Betches brand, but I will say Kay once said to me that the reason that she thinks her Instagram grows so fast is because you know exactly what you're getting when you go to her page. Like, you know you're getting, like, Bachelor and memes and, like, portrait mode photos with a Hooji filter. Like, so, you, so like, you know... <laughs> like, like, you know what you're getting. So, and and at, honestly, after she said that, I, like, really started thinking about, oh, that is what what a brand really is. So, I think asking yourself, what what are the things that, like, have always excited you? Like, have you always been into, like, sports? Or have you always been into, like, psychology? And whatever those things are is trying to, like, really show who you are as a person. And it doesn't work if you're, like, trying to work backwards and being like, I want to be like Lisa Rinna, like, I don't know, like, it doesn't work if you're like, how do I, strong brand, (laughs) strong brand, she has a strong brand, so, so if you're starting like, oh, I want to be that, but I think starting from the beginning, and being like, wait, like, what is like, young me inside, really like, and like, yeah, no, it's really a thing, and, (laughs) and like, what really excites me, what has always excited me, and then just like, Showing it to people, I think is the best thing because the people who are like you, who have the same interests, will be drawn to that, and they'll be like, "Oh, like same. I, I want to be like this girl, or I want to follow her because we're similar." And just, just like sort of embracing like what that really is, rather than being like, "I'm going to try to be like this person," and I think that's really, and then just being confident about it, which sounds so easy when I just say be confident, but like it's not. I know.
0: Yeah, and don't try to, like, just to post things because you think people will like them. That might go away in the future. (laughs) Um, Do it, like, just as a self-expression. Also, the Instagram aesthetic is dead. So (laughs) there's a lot of things in our favor now, um, despite the saturation of Instagram. But I think, like, as if you're true to yourself and ask for feedback, like another Brene Brown thing. (gasps) Ask, Ask people, like Sammy said, like, that you know, that you know might like what you're doing. Ask them... Do you like this? What do you think of this? Would you follow me? And be, like, be open to that kind of, be open to criticism.
2: But don't ask someone who's judgmental just to be judgmental. Yeah. Like ask someone who you think is fair judgmental. <laughs> anyway. All right. What now? <laughs> Thank
0: you. Yeah. Thanks so much. <laughs> thanks for listening to Wednes happy hour pick up a copy of when's happy hour work hard so you can hardly work available in paperback now
2: betches